Big tech censorship revealed in the U.S. while American company Apple works in concert with the CCP to shut down dissent and demonstrations in China. Israel elects a new leader but is still unable to form the new government. What is behind these problems? A major fashion company engages children with sadomasochistic and bondage advertising. Belief in Jesus is falling precipitously amongst America's political leaders. The UN declares Nakba, or the Day of Catastrophe, towards the creation of the State of Israel. The nations have a new Ten Commandments, and it's not the ones Moses received on Mount Sinai. Events are escalating quickly. Find out how the world is moving directly into alignment with the Word of God in Headlines Meets Prophecy, December-November 2022. Hello, everybody. My name is Mark. You're watching and listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, let me begin with a hearty thank you for joining. Very much appreciate your time. Uh, Today's topic, Modern Headlines Meets Bible Prophecy, mid-November into December 2022. And as I explained last time, we're breaking it down this way uh, in order to get our year-end summary review, uh, where I going to look at a number of patterns and and what I believe are definitive prophetic signs that happened throughout the course of this past year uh, that that I'd like to encapsulate. So that's the reason we broke it down in these last uh, couple of presentations this way. So uh, before I begin, I'd ask if you wouldn't mind if you can hit the like and the subscribe button, whatever platform you're watching us on or listening to us on podcast, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, all of the different platforms there, as well as Rumble. We're on Rumble, so um, I would love for you to join over there as well. I've I've mentioned before in the past, uh, we're moving a lot of our video platforms over there uh, because of some censorship issues that we ran into, but we'll continue to post on YouTube and others wherever we can. Um, So that's really it. If you can hit that like and, and subscribe button. I very much appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm sorry. A little tongue-tied. And uh, if you can go to the Russick Outlook, join our email list. We'll notify you of new events. So there's a lot to cover that's been going on. And so on that note, let me get into this because it's, it's, it's been a packful month or two, I should say. Um, you know, as I always do, I try to give you just you know, an encapsulation of, uh, of different images of some events that we're going to be covering. Um, so if you're following me on video, I show you the map of Ukraine and Russia. Um, no surprise there. We're, we, you know, we're, we're going to uh, touch base on, on what the developments of what's going on there. There's been significant developments in regard to Israel in the United Nations that we're going to hit on. Um, and not all of these pictures are going to cover everything. The uh, riots that are happening in China, some very interesting developments in the Netherlands, uh, some very unfortunate, um, what I believe is child abuse uh, uh, issues that came to the forefront in America. And uh, we're going to touch base on the climate conference that happened in Egypt in uh, mid to late November. Uh, th- there's a lot of interesting developments there and, and some other information as well. So, you know, as I said, we have a lot to cover. I want to start, as I usually do, uh, looking at the nation of Israel, because 
so as as Israel goes, so goes what what, what the Bible laid out in prophecy. You know, no no, no surprise there, uh, especially if, if if you've been watching or listening and and you're familiar with the scriptures. So I always like to begin and like to see what is happening on the ground in Israel, in the surrounding areas, and the relationships of the nations to Israel, because that's usually uh, um, a, a good uh, indicator as, as to where we are. So on that note, let's cut back to the United Nations. So this was very, very troubling. Uh, the United Nations denoted the establishment of Israel as a catastrophe, the world body commemorates the Nakba, which is what the Palestinians called catastrophe, which alludes to the founding of the Jewish state. They now want to be able to celebrate this or uh, uh, at least pronounce this day uh, annually that the state, and, and, and if you think about that, the nation of Israel, which, which has, you know, it, it, it's on... It, it, it's an established country in the United Nations and around the world, and you know we can point to all the wonderful attributes and, and contributions that uh, the nation has given to our society, starting with the Bible, but I can go on to you know, bringing it up to modern day. And they are saying that this establishment is a catastrophe. And I would note that it is the United Nations Charter that began when it was the League of Nations that helped establish this and gave this over. So it, it's really acquiescing to the pressure and what I believe is the pressure uh, that is brought on that is rooted in evil. Uh, you know, what other nation in the world would, would uh, you know, they tell you that the, your establishment and your creation is a catastrophe. So, you know, nonetheless, that's what they're doing. Uh, a vote of 90 to 37 with 47 absence, uh, abstentions, I'm sorry, uh, the United Nations voted to hold this commemorative event in the honor of the 75th Nakba Day, using the Palestinian delineation as of the establishment of the State of Israel. They plan on doing this on the 75th anniversary in May uh, in, in 2023. Uh, it was established May 14th, 1948. So that, that was one troubling thing. <coughs> Excuse me. The other was the UN... Uh, they they uh, they decided that Israel must give up its nuclear weapons. Now, mind you, Israel has never um, established itself and said that it has nuclear weapons. I personally believe it does, and I think most people, uh, you know, w w especially you know the intelligence of the different nations would would know this. Um, and, and it's their prerogative because, you know, so much of the world and their surrounding area hates them, starting with Iran and Iran wanting to wipe them off the face of the map with potentially nuclear weapons. So uh, they voted that they must uh, discard their nuclear weapons. They singled out Israel while uh, citing the risk of nu nuclear proliferation in the Middle East. The resolution also made no mention of Iran. No mention of the establishment of Iran. We believe that Iran has the capability of one to two nuclear warheads today. We're going to touch on that a little bit. Um, so, you know, the hypocrisy is just blaring. It's astounding. It's in your face. Um, the U.N. also voted to ask international courts opinion of legal status of Israel's occupation. Again, going back to that word occupation, um, you know, this is... It's such incredible anti-Semitic bias that's happening uh, in these nations, and even the ones, the nations that 
abstained. You know, I, me, me personally, it's my opinion, you're a coward. These nations that abstained at least, you know, say yay or nay. Um, <clears throat> but to do that, you know, again, you're trying to play the middle of the road. I did want to cite a NGO based out of Hague that uh, came against the European Union in regard to the two-state solution. So, you know, a little bit of good news, too. I wanted to cite this uh, in, in regard to Israel. Um, the, the report was published by the Hague Initiative for International Cooperation, and it shows that the EU's vision of a two-state solution does not correspond with the body's regional interest or reality on the ground. And I give you, uh, you know, the breakdown of what it says in this report and encapsulation of it. But it's basically saying that, um, you know, Europe's desire to to do this and to um, push Israel to into a two-state solution. And I would say this is, you know, this pressure is coming from all around the world. I'm in America, and it's certainly coming from uh, the 46th administration. So, uh it, it, it's it's not just Europe, but Europe is putting an enormous amount of pressure on them, and especially in regards to boycotts. So this uh, uh, NGO basically stated that everything that you're trying to do has had the reverse cause and effect. That uh, it's just caused more violence, more 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 distrust, um, more uh, confusion in the area and in the land. So I say good for them. Uh, you know, it, it it was to me it was just a little refreshing to see that. I'm going to switch over while still saying on Israel, as I uh, alluded to in the in the past presentation, uh, President, Prime Minister Netanyahu has been elected again. I believe it's his fifth. Well, this was the fifth election in four years. It might be his fourth term. I, ha I have to double check that. But at any rate, the uh, the challenge and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into that. Actually, let me let me cut to the slide here. Uh, so he received his mandate after being elected to form the government. Now, unlike America or maybe some other countries that are listening, uh, Israel, and I, and I guess really a lot of nations go this way, where they uh, rely upon a number of parties, and I believe you've got seven or eight or nine different parties. Uh, so they have to form a coalition uh, over 160 uh, Netanyahu got a, uh, a committal of 64, possibly 65, but he's got to be able to form the government. And he, as of you know, where I am today, December 11th, uh, that government has yet to be formed. He had to ask the president for an extension, a two-week extension. This is a very, very difficult process. So, you know, all that to say, it's not done yet. So, for, you know, for people who were happy to see Netanyahu uh, get into office again, it's not, it's not a done deal. Um, I, I was certainly one of them, at, you know, as an outsider looking in, and, and I cited last, in last month's report that the overwhelming um, uh, push behind him or the, the exit polling revealed that they wanted him in office, uh, particularly if they were going to be in a war or a battle uh, for for ownership of the land and in Iran in particular. So he's got this government, and he's got a number of very conservative Jewish uh, party members in, in, in there. So he's got to form the government. He's got to assign positions, and it, it's it's similar in the sense of the United States, where a lot of uh, prominent positions are. Um, certified by congressional hearings or Senate uh, uh, Senate votes, I'll, I'll, I'll say. Um, 
but now he's getting a lot of pressure from America and other countries, uh, particularly in the Middle East, countries that have been formed alliances with him in the uh, Abraham Accords, because they're leery of these conservative, quote unquote, Zionists um, in, in terms of their beliefs, their they're uh, wanting to get certain positions uh, w within the parliament. So let me show you what I mean here. If you're following me on video, uh, it shows him meeting uh, one of the religious heads, uh, Bezalel Smotrich. I might be not doing justice to his name, and if he is, I apologize. Um, but under pressure from the 46th administration, uh, they want. They don't want these far-right uh, nominees in defense positions. Uh, they believe that that potentially could cause some issues. So, I, I guess what I'm getting at is Netanyahu is not only, you know, trying to navigate troubled waters of his own country and his own people and parties in this, but he's also getting external pressures from. America and other nations, I'm sure Europe, I know Bahrain was one of them, UAE, uh, because they're um, concerned, uh, you know, about some of these positions. Uh, according to media reports, the message was relayed by the American ambassador, Tom Nides. Um, the administration expressed concern over Smotrich and his far-right political partner, uh, Itmar Ben-Giv, a self-declared disciple of Rabbi Meir Kahan, whose political party was declared a terrorist organization. Again, I covered this in last month. Um, so he is reportedly uh, open to running the finance ministry, but right-wing activists want the defense portfolio to go to religious Zionism, particularly because of the governance of the West Bank, which includes the settlements of Judea and Samaria uh, under Israeli uh, military law. So it's, I guess what I'm just trying to point out is it's a very, very difficult process, can get messy, um, you know, politics often does, and, uh, you know, I just think it's important to understand, you know, at, at least as Americans, it's, you know, the, the systems are different, much like our, our friends to the north in Canada and, and uh, you know, elsewhere in England and other parts of Europe, uh, so you you know, it, 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 it's, I, I think it behooves one to really understand uh, the pressures that they're dealing with. And I'm going to cover a little bit more of this. And particularly if you are a, uh, a fan of uh, Netanyahu, and, uh, you know, I believe a lot of Christians are, particularly in this country, uh, you want to be able to effectively pray for him and, and pray for the people around him and, you know, that they would come with wisdom and, 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 um, be led by, by the Lord. Uh, you know, that's uh, ultimately what you want. Uh, so just tying into some other issues around Israel, cutting back to video here as we go through the headlines. Um, 46th uh, in America signed a special representative specifically for Palestinian affairs. This is the first position at the State Department that solely dealt with Palestinian affairs. So it's really giving a lot of credibility towards the two-state solution, at least the messaging coming from Washington. Um, just some minor, minor notes here. Uh, Israeli drones to deliver medical supplies to hospitals. I think this is awesome. Um, you, know, you know, it just goes to the uh, intelligence and the technology advancements. What a wonderful thing. You know, technology can at times be 
you know, a little bit concerning, especially when you think, think about um, uh, artificial intelligence and, you know, used the wrong way. But here, I, you know, I, I, particularly if you think about how a drone could get medical supplies to a rural area or, or just, you know, areas that are maybe hindered by geographical issues or, or, or weather conditions or things like that. So that was wonderful. Um, Israel reported a 400% increase in immigration from Russia in 2022. <clears throat> no doubt, I'm sure that a, a lot of the uh, w war and the battles that are going on on the border there in Ukraine have a lot to do with it. But again, Russians continuing to come in, into Israel, Russian Jews. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there's that policy um, where the Israeli government welcomes any natural Jewish person who wants to return to Israel. Then you have something called the N7. So this was held, I think this is their third uh, meeting. It was held in the Negev earlier this year, I believe in May, um, where you have seven nations. It is Israel, Bahrain, UAE, Morocco, Sudan, Egypt, and Jordan. They all have relations uh, and, and treaties of sorts. It's not always necessarily, you know, this is part of the uh, coalition, really, of the, the Abraham Accords, as well as uh, um, Egypt and Jordan, which has relationships and, and, and peace agreements with Israel. Um, but it's also, you know, economic developments, tourisms. Uh, it is also sharing military intelligence and, and uh, whatnot. They have common interests. And it's a wonderful thing, you know, at least in terms of, you know, helping, being able to help one another, and particularly, you know, six Arab nations recognizing Israel, recognizing the, uh, not only the establishment, which goes, you know, uh, uh, against what I laid out in the very beginning, what the United Nations is saying. They're saying that, you know, Israel is not only has a right to exist, it's a very substantial and, and, and um, uh, profitable and, and cherished partner, if you will. So, uh, they had this in Morocco. They they met for three days in in Rabat, and it's all designed to strengthen regional cooperation. So I I just see that as as a good sign. I wanted to point out something, um, and I and I hope to do a, a little bit of a study on this um, because there's a number of Arab nations that are trying to forge peace with Israel, and it's it's. Again, kind of flip the script, understand their point of, or their reference, um, because it's, it's not always cut and dry. They have so many pressures, particularly, uh, you know, in, in a number of different Muslim areas where obviously Jews are not uh, looked well upon. So I wanted to point out something here that has happened in Bahrain and, and, and elsewhere in Morocco, where, you know, where you just saw this. The Israeli president, um, Isaac Herzog, welcomed by the Bahrainian king um, in Manama on December 4th. And I'll, let me point to the video on this. And he had to, or he decided to, I don't know if he had to, he decided to release some uh, a press uh, a, a, a agreement, or I'm sorry, a press release to different Arab um, publications and media outlets in the area just, you know, welcoming and, and applauding the, Bar the nation of Bahrain, the, the uh, royal court of Bahrain, the king and the different administrators there and, and, and whatnot. And, and I show you, a, you know, a picture of this and some of the different Arab um, uh, publications. 
It's very, very difficult on both parties. It's very difficult for Israel to do this, and it's very difficult for some of these Middle East nations. So, you know, my, my um, way of thinking about this is pray for, you know, these leaders because they are courageous. Uh, for Bahrain and UAE and uh, to agree, to a very large degree, um, Saudi Arabia, even though they don't have those ar arrangements yet, you know, there, there is some significant headway there. Um, Egypt, Jordan, um, Sudan, Mar Morocco. Uh, these are difficult times. And the reason I say this, too, from a prophetic standpoint there will be nations, when you get to Ezekiel uh, 37 and 38, 38 and 39, I should say, I'm sorry, um, there will be nations who will not engage in that war against Israel. And I believe some of these nations uh, are, are, are right here. You know, it, it mentions the dam, which is most of modern-day Saudi Arabia and possibly some of those other surrounding nations in the Gulf. So that's why I wanted to point that out. And... Um, you know, they're, they're looked upon as reformers. So they're open to um, dialogue. They're open to bringing in um, different churches, for instance, in Morocco. Uh, the the uh, king over there welcomes, and, and he's fighting an Islamic battle in the sense of he's um, stressing education to his imams to welcome all religions. So if you're Jewish or you're Christian or, you know, possibly, you know, other religions, he's, his, he is saying to these imams and to the Muslim leaders, we must teach tolerance to one another. We must teach that we are to work together in concert with one another for the greater peace. So even though they are not necessarily, you know, followers of Jesus Christ, I believe they, you know, a lot of these people can be used and are being used by the Lord and, um, it, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to harp on this a little bit to bring it out, to pray for these leaders. When you think about the nations, maybe look at a map, look at Middle East, look at Israel's neighbors, and, and to call them out uh, because these reformers are, um, they, they are very brave. You know, they're King Hussein in Jordan, you know, an, an enormous amount of pressure on him and, and uh President Sisi in Egypt, and, and I'm not saying I agree with all of their policies or anything like that, but don't clump people into one group, I guess, don't stereotype is, is, is really what I'm getting at. Some other headlines, uh, some other interesting things. Lockheed Martin signs an agreement with Israel's Raphael to join the, uh, the Iron Beam Laser Project. This is really important because I'm sure many people have heard the success of the Iron Dome and, and shooting down rockets as a defense system. Israel tech, Israeli technology is very close to being able to thwart uh, incoming missiles via laser technology. Um, and, and, and I think they've successfully tested some of this in the field already. So here you have an American military uh, company working in conjunction with them. And obviously, there's strong relations uh, with some of our, you know, American manufacturers as well as the Israelis. So that's to me, is very interesting. Um, Israeli firm Numed Energy signed at a gas deal with Morocco. We we're just talking about Morocco and the importance of these good relations. We've talked about how there's all these natural energy and gas off the Mediterranean, off the coast of Israel. 
They now forming agreements. They're, they're moving their energy into Jordan, Egypt. Egypt is starting to funnel that elsewhere across the Mediterranean to parts of Europe. Um, deals have been struck. So Israel is now in, in, in a very significant, and I believe a God-ordained position where they have all of this natural energy. And when energy is, you know, is at a critical forefront and in the news every day with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, it's interesting how now Israel is blessed with all of this. Um, I've been citing this, and I'm going to continue. I, I just happen to think there's interesting developments. I can't put my finger on it yet, but look for Azerbaijan. Uh, they've been establishing some relations with Israel. They have decided to uh, open up an embassy in Tel Aviv. So that's, that's pretty significant. It is the first Shiite majority uh, to do so on the right. It has nothing at all to do with prophecy, but I, I am a baseball buff. I am a, uh, I am a New York Yankee fan, born and raised. Um, don't hold it against me. Uh, but I was thrilled to see that major leaguers had visited Israel, uh, what was termed a, uh, a, a, a project to drive anti-Semitism out of the park. Um, so you have some different uh, major league players here. And, you know, I saw some of the videos on this. And to see these kids light up in Israel and their faces, you know, uh, Nelson Cruz and uh, Cesar Hernandez and um, Candelario, you know, I, I just I applaud it. And my understanding is that these are Christian uh, gentlemen from, from different parts of Latin America. And, you know, they recognize the importance as a Christian to, uh, you know, have good relations with Israel and to stand with them in, in times because, you know, of all the anti-Semitism that's going on. All right. Uh, staying in the area, uh, Egypt, and I, I mentioned how they had the climate conference and they trying to join this in as a, um, a, a spiritual battle where they're engaging uh, all these different churches and ministries of all different religions. So they met in, uh, in, in Egypt near, near Mount Sinai, um, and, and they came out with these 10 principles of climate repentance. And I, I just, you know, and this is just my opinion, I believe this is a slap in the face from the enemy uh, towards the Ten Commandments. And, and, but here, here's what, you know, they came out with the conclusion of this. We are stewards of this world. Creation manifests divinity. Everything in life is interconnected. Do not harm. Look after tomorrow. Rise above ego for our world. Change our inner climate. Repent and return. Every action matters. Use mind, uh, open heart. You know, some very you know, make you a little bit warm and fuzzy on some of the marketing slogans. Um, but I, I think this is potentially leading to, and I hope to break this down further uh, in, in maybe the month, next month or two, this potentially could be looking at what ultimately becomes uh, the false religion uh, during the times of the tribulation, because you're, it's this whole interfaith movement. Uh, where, you know, we are one, one God, Allah is, is God, and Jesus, and, and, and all the different gods, and they're trying to forge it and get you a kumbaya moment, and, and that's blatantly false. And when I look at this, and I, I, I have to look at Romans 125, it says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator. And, and I think this is case in point. I think this is really what we're seeing. They're telling you to worship, 
you know, Mother Earth, if you will, and 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 they're engaging the religious community to do so. So something to keep an eye on. Sticking on climate, there's some very creepy things happening in Oxford. Uh, Oxfordshire City Council passed a climate tri- uh, uh, lockdown trial, and it begins in 2024. So I'll, I'll, I'll show you this on video, and if you can, you can capture it. But what they are going to do is they've established six different zones in this area, and you will not be able to drive into certain zones at so many times per month or uh, annually or, or, or whatnot. In other words, they're going to zone this off, and this is, quote-unquote, designed to keep emissions down, and they will not allow you to drive or pass into certain zones. Even if you have two cars in your family, you're still going to be treated as one car, and they'll be able to block you with electronic gates. So this is Big Brother coming down and saying, you can only go so far and drive so far, and you know, you, we, will, we will allot you X amount of miles per month, and you know, this is really what, what's going on here. This is very, very Orwellian to me. Um, so I, I, you know, if you're interested in looking more at that, uh, it's look up the Oxfordshire City Council. Remember, this is the bastion uh, of education. This is Oxford. And to think of how far and how ludicrous that this is, that, you know, that this is coming is, is a little bit alarming. Staying over in Europe, I'm going to go to the Netherlands now, uh, where you're, you're having very, uh, you know, very, you're having a lot of uh, riots or not, I shouldn't say riots, demonstrations is a better word. The farmers, they're closing down 3,000 farms all for the sake of climate change. Um, you, you have to remember that this is the second largest exporter of agriculture in the world next to the United States, and they're closing them down. And remember, I, go, I just look at uh, uh, the black horse, which is the horse of famine in Revelation. You know, could this be leading it to? They're taking control of the food. They're, 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 they're shutting this down. They're, you know, they're, they're saying this is all for uh, the sake of the climate, staying on climate. You know, the, 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 again, what I think is a false religion. Um, Iran, as you know, we've talked about so much where, you know, the, their, uh, their battles with Israel, uh, they pushed their nuclear facility to 60 percent capability uh, of uranium enrichment. Uh, nonetheless, the 46th administration is still eager for a nuclear deal uh, and that the agreement is not off the table. Uh, this is according to the U.S. Ambassador Tom Nides to Israel. And on December 11th, Saudi Foreign Minister said all bets are off if Iran gets the nuclear weapon. So, uh, you know, again, this is not just Iran versus Israel. Um, uh, Iran is, is at dire odds with Saudi Arabia. This is a Shiite-Sunni conflict. Um, I believe if you look at the map, Iran is looking to move and, 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 and take control over all the areas leading into Israel. If you think about, um, if, if you go south of Iran into Syria, into Lebanon, straight into Israel, they're trying to work in concert with the Palestinians down in Gaza. Um, so, the, you know, they're moving this way, and they're at odds with Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Bahrain, some of the Gulf Coast. So if Iran gets the nuclear weapon, that potentially damages uh, Saudi Arabia and, and the surrounding areas. So they're very concerned. So you could have a nuclear standoff 
because really what Saudi Arabia is saying is we don't, uh, you know, we don't trust Iran, and if we need to take things into our, our own hands, we will. Um, and then you go back to the the them being at odds with the 46th administration we've talked about earlier in the summer and the debacle of uh, the president visiting Saudi Arabia with his hand out and getting slapped. And now we know that Saudi Arabia has been striking deals with Russia, with China, um, because they don't view the United States as a viable, a legitimate partner that can be trusted. So, you know, there, there, there's that to watch out for. Uh, World Cup. World Cup is just about, we're into the semifinals where I speak right now. We just saw uh, Morocco win yesterday and, and, and France beating England. But some interesting things there that happened um, that you see here, if you follow me on video, the Tunisian, uh, they waved their free Palestinian banner um, and, and at the World Cup. And there was a lot of anti-Israel sentiment there. And the other um, thing, too, is you know, I, I think two days ago there was an American reporter. Um, I believe he had the um, the gay pride um, button on. My understanding is he's not, but his brother is gay, so he was doing it in support of his brother. Um, he, I shouldn't say he was killed, but it, it's at, at, as of this writing, they don't know how he died. And um, the belief, uh, what's been reported is it's very possible that he could have been killed because of it. And, you know, the, the gentleman was on air the day before. He was in good shape. But he did report to his brother that he had received death threats. So you don't, I, I guess, you know, the, the far left and, you know, for all their ranting and ravings, particularly in America, but when you see things like this, which would never happen um, in, in a lot of legitimate countries, in Israel, in Israel for that matter, you know, it's, it, it, it's just astounding how they let certain things slide. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Switching gears over to the Far East and China. Uh, th there's a lot happening in, in China right now with the, and it ties to the, uh, the lockdowns. Um, so let me, uh, they, they've locked up certain cities. They've fenced in certain areas. They won't al allow people to leave. Um, for what I am calling the Charlie Oscar Victor Ingrid Diane isolation and control. So if you take the first letter of each of those names, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and these people are fighting for their freedom and it's really gotten out of control, out of control, but I mean, it's it's growing, it's growing exponentially. There are riots, there are demonstrations in different parts of China. Uh, there are calls from the people to uh, bring down Xi Jinping. I don't see that happening personally, but um, what, and I'm kind of tying this into the World Cup. What is interesting is the World Cup. Um, you know, they don't, they're not showing any masks or anything. The people are in there, you know, pretty freely, and they're avoiding a lot of the lockdowns, and they're trying to block this footage and the, the news reports from getting into China because they don't want the Chinese people to see this, you know, because it just adds to their frustrations. Um, they have been censoring World Cup footage that shows the unmasked crowds in Qatar, the rest of the world has moved beyond this, but Xi Jinping and his government continue to pursue a zero Charlie Oscar Victor Ingrid Diane strategy. Um, 
Now, the other alarming factor from an American technology is Apple. Apple, uh, and I'll show you here, what they have done, because they, uh, they blocked off and they filtered you know, a large part of the internet, the people were communicating um, with the technology of AirDrop, and Apple stepped in on behest of the Chinese Communist Party, and they blocked through software downloads the ability for them to use AirDrop. So they weren't able to communicate, and they weren't able to get this information out. And Apple has a little bit of a habit of things like this. And I show you some other headlines where they removed an app that helped Hong Kong protesters track the police uh, a couple of years ago. And they also banned in political engravings on its devices in China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, again, in acquiescence to uh, the Chinese Communist Party. So, you know, what, what, what's really troubling here is you've got uh, an American company working in concert or cahoots with the Chinese Communist Party, and it's really motivated by money. It's motivated by finances uh, because of all of the um, uh, development of, you know, um, so many of their factories are over there. Um, they're able to, you know, manufacture many of their uh, phones and other devices and other, I'm sure, other boards and things like that. So, you know, this is... In, in basically, you know, it, it involves billions of dollars, but it just goes to the nefarious relationships that are established between corporations and governments. And, you know, that's, to me, again, just, it's another sign of, I believe, how things will escalate leading up to the tribulation. Because now you have technology, you have big tech, you have large corporations, you have banks, you have financial institutions, uh, you have media companies working in concert with governments. Uh, so they become hand-in-hand, arm-in-arm, and we'll touch a little bit more on that in a minute. Uh, there are also riots around the world in, in November and December. So obviously in China, uh, they've been happening in Belgium, Netherlands we talked about, in Germany, in Iran, again, because of the jihad and the woman who was killed there. We, I've, I've talked about this in the past. This is still ongoing. And on that note, before I forget, I don't have that covered in here, and I just saw this the other day. Interesting developments. There's reports that the Iranian regime has been in touch with, and they've sent people into Venezuela uh, in the event that they are concerned about an overthrow of their government, that the Venezuelans would uh, take in the Iranians, maybe the Ayatollahs and some others, uh, in, in the event that they had to leave. That's the report. So, you know, I, I can't say that conclusively, but I, I found it interesting. And again, you know, just evil working with evil. Um, you have other riots happening, and we talked about the elections in Brazil, in Kazakhstan, Syria, uh, Ukraine. So there's unrest around the world, and, and it's alarming to me. It's it's very concerning. Um Belief in Jesus is waning, is falling. Uh, political leadership, according to the Washington Stand, a publication of the Family Research Council, the number of unbelieving politicians has jumped enormously since 2016. Before that year, only five elected politicians in state and federal seats expressed no belief in God. After the most uh, recent cycle, there are at least 70 humanists and atheist elected officials uh, from more than 30 states. Jumping over across the pond to England, 
For the first time in modern history, Christians have become the minority population in the United Kingdom. A recent census found that fewer than half of the residents in England and Wales identify as Christian. This is you know, once one of the uh, mainstays of Christianities, and again, uh, you, you know, unbelief is, is, is growing. Uh, jumping back to Russia, a couple more headlines in regard to Ukraine. Uh, Putin just said the other day, one more missile will trigger hundreds of warheads from his side. Uh, the NATO chief fears Ukraine war could become a wider conflict. Uh, at the same time, ties are deepening between Russia and Iran. Iran is supplying drones for the military in, in, uh, in, in, in the Ukraine. And Turkey, who uh, they now have uh, talks with Russia to seek special discounts on gas imports, so, you know, again, this goes back to energy. We talked about this earlier. I've talked about many times how I, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting how Erdogan and, is kind of uh, uh, one of those in Turkey, they, 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 they're one foot in, one foot out, and they, you know, because they're a member of NATO, but yet they're working, you know, very closely in ties with Russia. They have now have newfound ties with Israel. They have ties with Iran. So it's, they, they, they navigate a slippery slope, and I think, I think what they're, if I, if, if, if I would look at it, and maybe Erdogan is hedging his bets that, you know, whoever's left standing is who he may join sides with, and he's on a power trip too. Um, also, some of his motivation is uh, the, the economy in, in Turkey is really suffering, and I think his election is next year. So if he can uh, get some economic relief from Russia in regards to energy, it, you know, it could probably help his cause. So speaking of elections, um, we just had, the, you know, the close of the American elections. When I last reported, so many people, you know, we still didn't know uh, where, where the balance of powers were in Congress. That's become a little bit more clear now. Um, the, it looks like the Democrats were 51 to 49. Then uh, just two days ago, Kirsten Sinema, the senator of Arizona, declared her independence, but she'll still caucus with the Democrats. Uh, the uh, Republicans have gained the majority in the House. It did not become this red tsunami, as, as many people had uh, forecasted. A lot of people believe that that could have been tied to the Roe v. Wade decision. Um, and if that's the case, so be it, because uh, my, my understanding is from recent reports, since this went down, over 10,000 uh, babies were, were saved as a result of this where I stand now in, in mid-December. So this law went through in June. If it's one, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I so the number is 10,000. I'm not sure how they got that, but that was one of the reports that I saw. Um, then you had the release of the Twitter documents and talking about e elections and uh, the um, uh, and, and really this should be no surprise to anyone with a modicum of common sense that technology and these people were working in cahoots with the uh, Democrats and, um, you know, the censorship that's gone on in this country and, and the criminal activity is just, it, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's such a shame considering what a great, great nation we are, we still are, but the battles that we have to face. And, you know, many voters on the left, they look the other way. When I was growing up, liberals had a spine, and uh, today they just— not all of them, but many of them just kind of march in line with if I'm a D or, and I could say the same on the other side, if you're an R, you know, you'll follow that rather than being people of principle. Um, 
you know, you, you, you saw that 45 had his platform removed and, and, you know, liberals didn't think anything of it. Oh, yeah, you know, that like that's that should be that's normal. Um, so any any engagement of uh, of opinions and ideas uh, or dissent of, uh, of ideas, it's just out the window. Um, so it shows there that, you know, they worked hand in hand. People were blacklisted. Information was shut down. And what is interesting, you know, and I saw that, and I, I have a Russick Outlook on Twitter, so if you're on Twitter, um, love to, to hook up with you there. Um, but I saw something, you know, one person who I greatly admire, a, a woman of courage and of strength, is Lara Logan. Um, she's a former reporter, CBS, and a bunch of different uh, agencies. She's just, she's, she's courageous. And she tells the truth, um, but she was just saying, you know, what a breath of fresh air. I think one of her posts where I saw this morning or yesterday um, that, you know, that her posts are not being uh, shut down and people are, are uh, engaging and others were kind of chiming in saying, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, they were able to post something and others are sharing it. And you didn't have that for years. And liberals were OK with that. And, and again, I go back to it's just you're, you're they're phonies, you know, um, and and. I, I can go on and on because it just, I, I, I have to get into something here and, and I'm winding this down, but I, I found this incredibly troubling and, and I really wanted to take a few moments to, to talk about this because I, I believe it's one of the greatest travesties and one of the signs of the end times that we're seeing right before us. Um, so Balenciaga is a, a, a fashion company. They posted some sadomasochistic, sadomasochistic uh ads with bondage with children. And I, I didn't want to show the faces here, but, you know, I'll show you, uh, you know, some of the images of what they were doing. Um, and if you break this down, uh, there's dragons on there. There's childlike drawings of the devil. Uh, there's a book of an artist that is linked to blood, dismembered bodies, uh, mentions of Satan. And, and, and it's very, very troubling. Um, and the, and the response has been what I believe is, is kind of slow. Uh, they're now blaming the, uh, the advertising company and the people who produced it. But I, I believe this is also a troubling sign of other things to come. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about um, some of the, you're going after the children. And actually, I wanted to, if I could, if I can call something up, I wanted to cite something from, from Luke, and I believe it's elsewhere in the gospel, maybe in Matthew as well. And this is Jesus. It says, It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble, meaning the children. And it, it, what we're seeing over this past year or two in Disney, I'm, you know, which was one of the staples of, of American values and family and entertainment, and um, you, you, know, you can't even say boys and girls anymore in, in this place, and uh, w one of their executives uh, was caught on video saying that you know, one of their desires in, in some of their media uh, distributions and productions is to queer American children. Um, I cite here some other uh, animations that they were putting out, some movies, Owl House, which is about how becoming a witch and, and just kind of glorifying becoming a witch, Little Demon, which was uh, something about kind of, um, I'm trying to remember the, the Mia Farrow movie from the late 60s, early 70s. Um, but anyway, it's, it's, it's kind of based on that and, you know, Satan's Child and... Um, 
it was shut down. I will say that that it didn't get. My understanding is it didn't get into distribution, but it did get through production. You know, my point here is, and and they're they're facing the 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 uh, the economic um, repercussions of this because people have have fought against them, um, but. You know, my point is that this is growing in, into the culture, and they're going after the children. And you have to ask yourself, why? What is it about children? And, and this is, you know, growing and growing. It's not in America, not only in America, it's around, it's around the world. If you go to some public libraries now, and, and they're having drag queens, and I saw something where kids six, seven years old uh, encouraged to put uh, dollar bills in, in, into um, some of these readers' underwear and whatnot. I mean, it's 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 bizarre, um, and it's happening. And so, you know, uh, let me cut to this on the video. Uh, what is happening to our children? Uh, this generation of children right now is the most confused. They're spiritually empty. They're a damaged generation, the most damaged generation in modern times. Uh, there are more accounts today of mental illness, they're more likely to harm themselves or to commit suicide. They're the most confused generation as to what they are, whether they're male or female, and they're the most separated generation as far as from the ways of God. So I wanted to cite something of pagan civilizations and, and you know, what that brought in with it. Um, they were without God, and the children became endangered. And you can look at many, many examples of this throughout history. Uh, they're killed in the womb. They were killed at birth. We're seeing that in America today. Uh, they are offered up as sacrifices to the gods, used by adults as sex objects, as sex slaves. They're mutilated. We're seeing a lot of this in America. You know, I'm citing America, uh, and, but this is happening elsewhere around the world. But I'm thinking about the southern border and, and children coming through there and, and, and the women and the sex slaves, uh, you know, them being tortured at, at, as well or, um, you know, going into the sexual slavery market. It's just it's horrendous and it's real and it's happening right in front of us. Um, so, you know, they are confusing them. They're altering them. They're indoctrinating children. Uh, they're sexualizing them. They're they're altering their 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 bodies. They're you know they're pushing for sexual uh, surgeries, medical procedures. You know anywhere from six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old. Uh, you know these are kids. Let them be kids. Um, then you know where does this lead to? And you're seeing a lot of calls now for the normalization of pedophilia. I mean. Uh, the, I'm, I'm citing three headlines. This took me 30 seconds. I said, recent headlines on pedophilia. Sex therapist calls for the normalization of pedophilia. Norway ethics professor calls for normalization of pedophilia. Democratic professor calls for pedophilia to be normalized. So, you know, it's happening around us. And I, to me, is where is the church? And uh, I've cited before that the I think less than a third of the church um, is looking at world events and the world from a biblical lens, from a biblical point of view. Um, and this is happening all around us, and, and I have to say, where is the church? I saw something recently uh, who said if Paul, the Apostle Paul, were to look at the American church today and everything that's happening in America, he'd be writing them letters. And, and, and I'd have to agree, and, and I'm not citing one church or another or anything like that. I'm just making a broad brush statement that 
you know, we need to be engaging this and, you know, what can be done. And rather than look at an example of what I could find from the church, I looked at what I saw in America over the past year and a half, where the parents, the mothers, the fathers, particularly most of the mothers stood up for what was happening in the educational system. They got up, they got involved, they went to school board meetings, they ran for political office, they ran for school board, they became teachers, they, 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 they got in the fight is what I'm saying. And I don't see the church getting in the fight. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, they, they fall a lot of times by politics and they don't want to go into the area. It's happening all around us. We're to have an influence and, and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to bring this on to a bad note, but Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And he said it, so it's true. But I, I have to look at, you know, I, I personally, I don't see a lot of the church talking about these things, and, and many of them could be, and, you know, I know of some, you know, that are, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to venture to say, I'll put a broad number out there, I'd be surprised if it was more than a thousand churches that, that would be able to combat things like that. And I'm not just talking about prayer, I'm talking about people of action. And so, and, you know, if you think about all the different uh, denominations and churches and cities throughout this country and and elsewhere in other countries, same thing. People are happening the same. I look at the model of the mama bears, the papa bears, the people who said, you're not going to mess with my children. You're not going to mess with my people. And I wish pastors would take that same passion and say, you're not going to mess with my flock. You're not going to bleed my flock. Um I'll just leave it at that. And, and I, it, it, it's just troubling to me. And this is my opinion, my opinion only. And, you know, I'm from New York, and it says, you know, the expression is, my opinion and a token will get you uptown. Um, but I, I personally, uh, I would like to see the church not only involved in, absolutely in prayer, coming together, but talking about these things talking to the parents, talking to the children, how do parents engage the children, so that if these questions come up, the parents have, a, you know, a basis of conversation for them. It's not just the kid going, oh, dad, or oh, mom, you know, you're always on me about this or that. Um, that's all. <laughs> so I, 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 I've gone on and on, so I apologize. Well, I don't apologize. Um, but at any rate, that's, that's kind of the state of where we're at, uh, and I'll be doing one more presentation um, that I think is going to be pretty, pretty interesting. I'm going to identify some things that I see, some patterns and developments over the kind of a year in review, but as it lines up specifically with the Word of God and the warnings by Jesus himself. So um, on that note, I would just like to say thank you for your time as always. Uh, questions, comments, prayer requests, happy to take them. Uh, just email russickoutlook at gmail.com. And uh, I just, you know, again, want to just say thank you. Uh, you've been listening to the Rustic Outlook. And remember, as always, just my opinion.